Hello and welcome to the MegaVision Show, episode 107. I'm Chris, the editor of MegaVisions, and joining me this week is Sam and Alicia. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. How are you doing? Not too bad. It's It's been a wild, wild week. I can't... Man, it's... I, I feel like it's one of those weeks where you just lose track of, of time. You don't know what day it is or even, you know, what... What even where you're at on the calendar remotely? It's been one of those kind of weeks where, um, with like Veterans Day coming up, I've been so busy with work. Uh, we have so many different events related to Veterans Day. Uh, for instance, like a, we were having to uh, arrange for members of the the base there to go participate in different uh, like pro sports, uh, like salute to service events, like the uh, the the Jets and the Giants the 76ers and all these different sports teams in the area all want, you know, to, to kind of host members of the, uh, you know, armed forces to kind of honor them there. And uh, one of that's one of my big jobs now working for the air forces to arranging that kind of stuff. So it's just been so crazy uh, this week doing that, but I'm, I'm very happy that veterans day is now um, behind us. Um, and cause hopefully now that we're, kind of entering the holidays, things will slow down a little bit at work because it's just been, it's just been insane. Um, and so insane, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if I've ever told you guys, but I have this bad problem uh, about buying multiple uh, games and not realizing it or even, even systems. I do it all the time. Uh, I just can't keep track, um, but I've done it again. And it's, uh, it's actually been more, uh, fairly recently that it happened, but my latest uh, fiasco is with the Sega Genesis Mini 2. I end up <laughs> ordering two of them somehow. Um, but what's crazy is one of them, I think, came from Amazon Japan, and the other one came from Amazon here in the U.S. And it came through different, uh, I think one came through FedEx and, and one came through just like the regular mail. It was really weird. But um, yeah. Have you guys played the uh, the Genesis Mini Two yet? I have not. I just have my regular old school, the original Sega Genesis actual <laughs> console. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But um, no, I bought the. Uh, I, you know, I think I ended up buying two of the first one as well. But I think I did that on purpose. Um, but what I really wanted to do, and I, I thought I was, I my original purchase or pre order was getting the the Mega Drive version, because apparently the the Mega Drive version uh, has a few different uh, games than the the Genesis, the or the North American and, and European releases, and so uh, I guess I'm kind of bummed that I got two of the same model. If I was going to buy two, I'd rather have two, you know, different different models there. But <laughs> maybe I'll get, maybe I'll do a giveaway um, or something with that. But man, another one of my. Uh, you know, terrible memories, you know, like strikes, strikes again. Um, oh, and then I got another piece of mail in today. Um, and I'm going to try to make this good for our audio listeners. And I realize that this isn't even a video podcast, but I know Sam, you can see me. So yeah, I got a package in from our friends over at VGNY soft today. Uh, and if you're not familiar, I know you guys, are, but if, if our listeners aren't familiar with VGNY soft, they're a great, cool indie publishing label uh out of out of new york uh they've they've run a brick and mortar uh you know retro game store for years there it's one of the 
you know, best gate retro game stores in the area. And here a few years ago, they started publishing games and they focus more on, on, you know, indie games and, 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 and bringing the physical versions of, of kind of digital games out kind of like, you know, limited run and, and those sorts of things, but they're getting involved into some uh, dreamcast stuff, uh, which is really cool. And uh, the guys there are, are awesome. And so they've been sending us some stuff for coverage and I just wanted to kind of talk about it real quick. So it looks like it's, Oh, uh, Yuppie Psycho Executive Edition. Are you guys familiar with it? These, uh, huh. these games at all? I've never. I can't say I've never heard. I've ever heard of that one. Uh, but no, this is pretty cool because they uh, they now have have been doing two different editions of their releases. They have a new Elite Edition, which is kind of more of a, a premier uh, offering which is uh, numbered at, and limited at 5,000 for this release. But uh, it also has a really cool uh, manual inside uh, that uh, is all color and everything else. Uh, their first one was with uh, Earth Atlantis I got a few weeks ago, and this was their, uh, their new release. So that's pretty cool. There's also some other stuff in the box real quick. I'll just I'll try to make this real quick, but... Oh, it looks like it's a uh, just a uh, a pack in like mailer for a little brochure for the game, and uh oh, it says okay. It says next release, okay, on this Manila envelope. It looks like something you get uh, from like an FBI agent or something. You remember that movie <laughs> Cloak and Dagger? That's like the eighties mm-hmm. Atari movie. It, this is kind of what I imagine. You know, like you would get some sort of FBI files from, and it says, it says like a little thing right here. It says next release. Take a look at the cover for our next elite edition. You can share this publicly. So, well, I'll tell you what. We might as well just open it up again and just share it here on the podcast. We can. Uh, this is this just came in today, so this should be some like some breaking news that we can drop on the podcast. This is going to be whatever's in this is going to be VGNYSoft's next elite edition release. Ooh. All right. It is Stellar Interface, which is a, a shmup. It says, soar through the universe in this roguelike space shooting adventure. Discover and combine perks and consumables for a wide variety of powerful symbiotic effects. Explore randomly generated galaxies, find merchants, unlock spacecrafts, earn collectibles, and catalog your ever-growing list of galactic overlord destruction. Very cool. This is VGNYSoft's third Elite Edition release, so it's kind of a neat insert that they uh, they send, uh, which is yeah. pretty cool. So yeah, uh, VGNYSoft, they're doing a lot of good work over there, um, turning out those releases. So I'm excited uh, for that. I'll have to play some some Yuppie Psycho, because I'm, I'm looking for some more stuff to play on the Switch, so... Um, yeah. Now, what is that? Yuppie Psycho? Does it say like uh, anything about that game for anyone that doesn't anyone that doesn't know it? Like, what's the genre? What's it about? Yeah, let me see here because this. Let's see what this says. Oh, this says what comes in the Elite Edition. I'll talk about that next, but it says I'll just talk. What it, I'll read what it says off the back. Do you have what it takes to make it through your first day at Centricore? in the world's only first job survival horror. <laughs> so it's a, the world's only, is it a, it's your first job survival horror. I feel like there's, there's, there's no, um, 
there's no hyphens or any dashes there. So I don't know if there's any compound modifiers going. If it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know there. Um, but it says uh, investigate coworkers, photocopy your soul, find hidden VHS tapes, multiple story pass, and kill the witch. And this is from Neon Doctrine and uh, was it Baroque Decay? And in the Elite like Edition, what was that? I was going to say, sounds like a typical workday in retail. <laughs> yeah, no, it, um, no, the, uh, the art style looks great. It looks, it looks kind of that anime style, almost not unlike Persona, I guess, if you had to, I guess if I had to quickly draw a comparison, but, uh, no, that sounds kind of fun. The, uh, the graphics though, they look, look fairly, uh, like pixel based, like pretty simple, um, like pixel characters. If you've, We'll talk about it later, but it kind of likes it almost like McPixel three, if uh, if you're familiar with that game, that's kind of what it looks like. So, um, other than that, one thing I, I do want to talk about really quickly is: have, have you guys signed up to any of the the PlayStation Plus tiers at all? You know how 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 PlayStation rolled out like new new tiers and stuff for their subscription service. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I have. I have not. In fact, I well, I I usually only use PlayStation just for single player stuff. I'm mostly on Xbox at least for now. But yeah, I remember when they were talking about rolling those all out. Do you even would you be able to tell like all the three different tiers at all? Do you know any of them offhand? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm trying. I'm looking up right now. I know I covered it. A while back on Mega Visions, uh, this isn't a quiz. It's only because I only bring it up because I think it's, I think PlayStation or Sony's just done a terrible job at naming these because they they just sound. It, one of them's PlayStation Plus Essential, uh, um, yeah, which is one, uh, and then you get PlayStation Plus Premium, PlayStation Plus Extra. Now, which one of those do you think is is the the best tier? I'd want to say premium. Okay, you're right. Yes. Yeah, premium's the best one. With that one, I think the big thing is you get cloud streaming with that. I ended up I, I had the essential for a while. Uh, that's the one that's it's like the cheapest one, basically bottom of the barrel. You get you get some monthly games and uh and, and demos and stuff like that. But what I found was that the monthly games weren't that great. Uh, and it, it seemed almost, uh, it was, it definitely wasn't on par with, with what I think, uh, game pass and stuff would be coming out with, but I wanted over the weekend to play uh, God of war with Odin and I couldn't find my actual disc. And so I, I went and looked up and the only way to play God of war on any of these tiers is, is to either have the extra or the, the, the plus premium. Um, tier so they got me there i had to upgrade uh, but the one cool thing is is that they do it uh it's like prorated right off the bat so they're like oh you're only gonna you're only like 14 days into this pay period so you only owe like three dollars for this month and so i was able just to kind of upgrade and i will say uh the list of games that they have available is pretty good i i went through 
um, and and downloaded the uh, uh, what is it the Dragon Quest Eleven uh, the the Type S or the the S one which is includes all of the the DLC and stuff. So um, I don't know. I, I'm going to jump into it more, but I just wanted to see if, if you guys had, had explored that at all. Um, doesn't sound like you have yet, but I, I'm definitely going to jump more into it because, yeah, I, I don't play, uh, you know, my PlayStation as, as much as I, I used to. Um, but with, you know, God of War Ragnarok coming out, I wanted to jump in to God of War because, I had, like I said last week, I had never played it before. Uh, and so this seemed like a perfect opportunity to do that at a pretty cheap cheap uh kind of uh route too so so yeah i'll have more to say in the coming weeks maybe next week on uh on playstation plus essential it's hard for me to even say that <laughs> i'll tell you that um and then uh yeah so that's what i've been up to uh what about uh what about you alicia what have you been up to not much um <laughs> i know i'm the boring one <laughs> that's okay hey that- we all have those weeks <laughs> Well, no, it's, uh, you know, I've got a toddler, so um, a lot of that, a lot of my week is surrounded keeping him from being Spider-Man. Um, and I mean that literally, because he does try to hang off walls. So <laughs> uh, a lot of it's been formulating, because uh, working on remodeling his bedroom into a more, um, what's the right word for it, cognitive kind of exercise for his, for his room, um, because we are looking at an autism uh, diagnosis possibly tomorrow when we go up and see his team and stuff. I've been looking for ways to keep him engaged because along with that, he has like severe ADD. And so things only keep his attention for about 20 seconds. And I'm, I'm not joking. Um, I got him this really cool creative table that came with like Duplos and all sorts of stuff that he can build because he loves to do that kind of thing. And it kept him occupied for about five minutes. Um, and so trying to find ways that he can um, exercise both his mind and his body indoors as much as possible. And so I've been looking at like creating a, a, a semi rock wall for him to be able to climb uh, a trampoline so that he's got something he can bounce on and, and things like that. So uh, I'm kind of in a design phase right now when it comes to figuring out how to give him more of what he needs. And so that, and when I'm doing that, it takes up a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of memory. If you were a computer, <laughs> it takes up a lot of gigabytes for me. So uh, that's been mostly my week is just kind of looking at, what can we do to, to facilitate him in a, in a better way? Um, he got a new bed. It's a, it's really cool. It's a tent. It's a toddler bed inside a tent and it came that way. And so that gives him some space where he can go and just kind of chill if he wants to. And, and so that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, never that's cool stuff like that when we were kids. Like, I know, know, right? I'm like, oh man, I wish. I mean, I did want a canopy until somebody told me that spiders live up in that, and then I was like, you know what? I'm good. Um, never mind. I don't want a canopy anymore. <laughs> I think the coolest so, beds they had were the the race car beds, but you yeah. know, I, I never actually knew any kids that that owned any of those. No, I didn't either. Um, so yeah, it's so it's it's cool that he's you know that we're working on this, trying to get this figured out. And then tomorrow's the big day, so kind of conserving a lot of energy because we have to be there at 7.45 in the morning, and it's almost a two-hour drive for us. 
So, um, <laughs> so that's going to be fun. So, yeah, so that's been kind of what it hasn't been a whole lot of, of activity this week. Um, we've been catching up on Bluey because uh, the new season dropped on Disney Plus um, about a month or so ago. And we've been kind of working through it because, like I said, his attention span's really short. And um, he, <laughs> I love that show. Honestly, if you, it doesn't matter what age you are. That show is just awesome. Um, it's out of Australia and it deals with a family of blue healers and their surrounding neighbors and friends. They're all dogs. Um, and it's really cute. It teaches an incredible amount of life lessons in a way that's easy for kids to understand, but it's also very, um, family orientated. So like, like when my daughter's home, she loves watching it and she's 18. Um, and uh, there's like, so, so there, there's a little bit of like tag and cheek kind of stuff. Like there's an episode in the second season. It's the very first episode where they're at the store and um, they're buying stuff for the, for the yard and the garden. Cause the dad wants a new grill. And so the mom's getting all these things and the, the two puppies are fighting over a gnome, a garden gnome. And during their fight, they drop the gnome and the gnome breaks. And the mom goes, this is what happens when you fight over things. Somebody's husband gets hurt. And it was like, did they really just say that? That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so there is some stuff that's very, um, it's very adult. And if you're a parent, there's a lot of nostalgia, like the little girls, uh, you know, learning how to sleep in their own bed. And um there's some stuff like when they grow up, there's little flashes forward to things that they've done when they were little and how that affects when they grow up. Um, and so, so is this a, just, like a live action documentary no, it's a style? Or? It's oh, okay. a cartoon. It's animated. And it's that hand-drawn kind of animation that we miss seeing a lot oh, of. Nice. And uh, the episodes are very short. They're only about six minutes long. So it's very easy to just sit down and watch just a handful of them if you want um, the music's incredible. It's it, it it is on Disney Plus, but it's not a it's not a Disney um, show, and you can tell that very easily because um, we all know that Disney has a problem with moms, and the moms are very much so present and um, able <laughs> in this, and so it's really cool to be able to see that kind of the family dynamic is just incredible, um, and it's it's kind of become a cult phenomenon among parents um so honestly yeah it's one of those that's just it's fun it's fun to sit down and watch there are times that you're going to need tissues um they dealt with uh the death of a bird in one of them and that was really really hard to watch because they handle it gracefully but at the same time you feel the you feel everybody's pain that you know suddenly this this birdie died and she didn't understand why and so her mom's trying to explain to her how that all works. And it's, yeah. So, I mean, I encourage, I've, I've seen people who don't have kids watching this show. And so it's just kind of one of those, you know, check it out kind of thing. Hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. And then, uh, Sam, <laughs> it's kind of funny that you're playing dead space. I actually yeah. been kind of doing a deep dive, getting ready for the remake into uh back into dead space because it's been so long and so i rewatched downfall and aftermath this weekend and was really surprised at how well it held up aftermath's a bit strange because they change um 
animation styles repeatedly as they're telling the different stories, which is really cool, but at the same time, it's kind of jarring. But Downfall, the one thing that I noticed was that the animation that we saw in the in the first game during that time, the, the graphics were amazing for that time. And mm-hmm. the the graphics moving forward in the remake, because I have seen some gameplay of the remake, are phenomenal. Um, there are details that I just didn't even really think about the fact that they were so hazy in the in the first one versus what they look like in the remake. But the one thing that I did notice was that the the necromorphs in in the original, yes, they were scary for the time, but the animation for Downfall tipped that up to a hundred. The animation in the movie itself isn't incredibly scary because of how detailed they are and how realistic they have made these these necromorphs. You see that in the remake. You see how the animation style has and the, and the um, CGI has has changed over the years, so that now the remakes monsters and necromorphs mimic what we saw in Downfall, and so that <laughs> that makes me terrified and extremely excited for the remake. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to getting my hands on that, and it's been cool to you know see your your take on playing it because you hadn't played it before. So it's neat to see mm-hmm. a, a newbie try it out. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I'm looking up some of the remake gameplay right now because you had me uh, intrigued because I, uh, I didn't see the, the animated um, the movies to go with it like that, but uh, I just wanted to go and jump in and play the game raw, but to hear about like how v- the realism of the necromorphs and yeah, I'm looking at that and uh-huh. that's disturbing. <laughs> that's, that is beautifully disturbing. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I noticed, I'm that, to play I noticed like Isaac's now, the, his back, the, uh, his life indicator on his back on the, on the original. It's, it's kind of muddy. I mean, you know what it's there for, but it's kind of muddy. And then if you look at what that kind of detail, it's almost steampunk for the remake. Mm-hmm. I sat there watching somebody play and I'm just like, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to play this game because I'm so fascinated by the way those things are moving that you could actually see those parts. And it's like, I'm going to be distracted watching my suit. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited for that. So Oh, I found myself just even playing, just even playing uh, the original one from 2008. It holds up extremely well in the visual department. I mean, just the, from the moment that I like start it, and you're and you're not even on the Ishimura yet, and you're just you're 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 flying towards it. And you got all the asteroids, and you can see you know Aegis Seven, and you're you're flying towards the ship, and then it crashes. Just like I'm looking around, and I'm like, this looks amazing. Like, and it just never, it never, there's not a moment in the, in the game where I I was like, oh yeah, that's 2008 for you. I mean, glad we improved from there on. No, there's, there's games that came out this year that look worse. And I, and I mean that. So, um, 
yeah, Dead Space holds up incredibly well in the visual department, and the remake looks nuts. I was watching some gameplay footage when you were talking about it. So, <laughs> wild stuff. Well, and I noticed the length. It looks like it's going to be longer, too. So, uh, like, the, the game, the first, the original game, took roughly about, what, five, six hours, depending on how many times you died. But I mean, to actually make it through the oh. story itself. So it shouldn't have taken me, like, it shouldn't have taken me 11 hours? <laughs> well, I mean, it was your first playthrough. So... <laughs> I would I would understand, you know, definitely. Um, but I mean, as far as like the story itself, it's probably only about six hours. So the gameplay that I watched for the remake, it was an hour, about an hour and a half long, and it was literally one and a half chapters. And I was wow. like, that is insane. The fact that we, I mean, we're looking at, I think they're, they said that they were kind of building this from the ground up and I'm, I'm seeing that we're going to have something extensive and that's really cool. I'm hoping that it kind of connects a few more of those dots that we did have to get through aftermath, but still left a few holes before you get into two. And so I'm hoping that some of that's filled in um, through the remake. Yeah, you know what I'm excited about um, about the remake. What kind of has me interested? It's the the developers pulled and actually, um, you know, researched and asked Dead Space fans what they'd want in a remake. And f- for that, for the developers to actually care that much about what uh, what the fans' perspective is, is always a hopeful sign. Because so many times, especially in, in AAA gaming. it's just, you know, they do what they do and you as the fans, you're either, you love it or you hate it, but they're going to get your money. So uh, it's something that to me, if you're going to connect with, with your fans, I mean, you immediately earned a badge of respect from me because that's one of the key things is, is fan outreach. And I think a lot of times it like um, on the indie scene, you see that a lot and, and it's, you know, pretty common and typical on the, on the indie gaming scene, you know, fan outreach is, that's how it is. It's back and forth sure. um, between the developer and the fans, but like in triple a gaming, it's rare. Yeah. So well, to that level. On that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like finally learning their, their lesson um, on that front, but um, no, uh, Alicia, you've been playing anything else you want to talk about? Um, so I, I've been keeping up with the world of horror. Uh, it's a little indie game that is developed by one person and they use MS paint. I believe it is to create this game. It's done in a, oh gosh, I don't even know how to explain the style. If you Isn't go it kind of called like a one bit style, you know what they call yeah, it? Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a one bit. Like if you go back to some of the old uh, like ads, and you see the the dots, they're very pixelated kind of thing, and you have like the the old fashioned, you know, girl and guy with the oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure if I'm describing it right, but <laughs> that's that's the style that this is in. Um, and for me, I mean, accessibility is always a really big thing, and this game for being what it is has uh, some really great accessibility features like colorblind mode. 
among and it, it features several different kinds of colorblind because there are actually more than one type of colorblindness. Um, so it facilitates a lot of that. But it it's been around for about eight years and it's been very slow to develop. It's been in early access for like four. And over the past week, it has gotten four updates. And so I thought, okay, we're finally starting to get some work done on this. I did play it for our last indie showcase, and we actually had a lot of fun with it because it was really strange. Um, and it has some interesting things. I, I, I like the content that I am seeing added into it. So hopefully we will have a full game soon. I am very hopeful that that with the amount of progress that's happening, we're edging closer to release of that. Um, I would encourage people, if you want something that is that is strange, go check that game out, seriously. Um, yeah, yeah then, that was, um, we saw that at uh, PAX East. And so oh, I know you? that they have a, yeah, we, we played it there. Uh, I, I think Antichrist played that one, um, but we didn't have, we, we weren't able to interview the developers on that one, I don't think. Um, but no, yeah. that, I, 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 it looks like a really cool game. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they've been showing it at conventions. It was at PAX East this year, so I would assume it's getting closer uh, to finally releasing. Yeah, they just had a, a Blood Moon major content and modding update um, that got added in, in uh, at the very end of October. And then we've had expanded characters and um, some other things added in as well. In fact, it updated today. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where this goes because it is, it's a single person doing it. And they've explained more than once because people have been kind of complaining about the fact that it's been so slow to develop. And they're like, look, I'm one person and I only get to do this in my spare time. So um, for the amount of intricacy and the amount of uh, story that's involved in it i you know kudos to them total hats off so uh, those indie the, especially the the one the one person studios that are working on these things mm -hmm. they really deserve a lot more credit than we mm -hmm. give them speaking of uh the other one that i dived back into again was the mortuary assistant um which again was a single dev who did it and uh I had to see, <laughs> I did the, the Halloween update on stream and then I wanted to dive back in and see if any of the bugs that I had experienced while I was playing on stream had been fixed and they were fixed, but at the same time, it, there was a couple of other bugs that cropped up. But again, that's one of those games that uh, it's a single person that has developed it. He did an incredible job with it. And yes, I think it will always be a buggy game, but I have the most fun scary the crap out of myself every time I go into that game and part of it is because of the bugs because it, it he's even come out and said that the game itself is randomly perceived uh, generated he doesn't even know what's going to happen anytime he goes into play a game play it um, you have absolutely no idea what's going to pop up which spooks you're going to encounter what kind of uh, events are going to happen I, and also, depending on how the player reacts to those events, like the phone can ring and you can ignore it. You don't have to go pick it up. But by ignoring it, you can trigger something else. By picking it up, you get a different response. And so I always that, ignore my phone calls. I never pick up my phone. Right? Yeah, I do too. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's so cool that uh, 
I mean, that's part of the reason that I, I absolutely adore this game, despite the fact that it is buggy. I mean, when I played it on stream for Halloween, we got the body and we figured out which one was possessed and we went to put it in the crematorium and it phased through the crematorium doors, which that's not supposed to happen. The doors are supposed to open. You're supposed to be able to burn the body. That didn't work. So here it is. The body's halfway in and the head's flopping about on the gurney. And it's like, well, that didn't work. But you know what? It, it's scary and funny. And, and it's just, I mean, it is, it's a good time. So I just, I, as, as it being, you know, indie month, I've been kind of focused on those indies and coming back to some of the ones that I've played before to see what, what the creators have continued doing with them. And I have been pleasantly surprised. So just because a game comes out doesn't mean it isn't worth, you know, a return to Especially sure. when we see continued updates, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that uh, the Mortuary Assistance published by uh, Dread XP. They're another awesome uh -huh. publisher that they were there at uh, PAX East, and um, I talked about it last week. But Dread Delusion, that's another game that's in uh, early access right now. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, it's we're going to do a preview in in, in this issue, um, but I'm really liking that one, and it's something I need to jump back into. Um, just because uh, I know there's been some some good content updates, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what uh, changes have been made. Um, but Sam, uh, what what have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, I'm feeling good today, but let me tell you, uh, this weekend was rough. I got home from work Friday, and boom, got smacked with a fever. So uh, I. Took a lot of time. I uh, was binging uh, Supernatural. I'm finally on to season 15. Holy uh, so crap! I'm my way through that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, what, when you, where did you where did you start uh, when you start when you got sick and you started this binge session? Where were you at? About halfway through season 14, which if you think about how long Supernatural seasons are, they're like. 20 20 23 episodes a season so i kind of look at it like okay there's technically 15 seasons is what they it, it, it's what it's advertised as but in reality it's like 30 because each season is basically two seasons length except season three series. season three is short okay yeah, season Holy three crap. is short you, you really uh turned through those so are you are you're you're pretty much right at close to the end I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm about halfway through season 15 at this point. So um, there's basically just uh, about half a season or approximately of a normal show, any other show, like one season uh, length. But it's interesting. I mean, they're taking on their biggest challenge yet. You know, Sam and Dean have taken on everything from, you know, Lucifer to, you know, the Leviathans and, and, and all this other stuff. Now they're taking on God. So it's their biggest challenge yet. They have to, okay. they have to find a way to defeat God. I thought it was going to be like uh, Reggie fils or something. They have to take on him. <laughs> who's, who's, who's more powerful than Lucifer? It's Reggie. Um, no, that, that sounds crazy. What the heck? That, that, has, it, it, has the show just completely just jumped like, the shark at this point? Has it got like, dumb? Or is, like, it what, what's going it, on? No, it, it, 
it jumped. All right. Well, they lost their original writer after season five. So the way that the way that it worked, and I did some backstory, and uh, my one friend and I were talking about it. Well, the original showrunner that wrote it, he left after season five because it was only supposed to be those five seasons. CW wanted to keep it going because it was doing so well. So they would just come up with something new for each season, and I mean. It, it just got like wackier with, uh, you know, each, each season and in and, and 13 specifically in season 13, there's a whole episode where Sam and Dean end up in the world of Scooby-Doo because of a, a cursed TV. <laughs> they get a cursed, they get a, they, they get a TV that's haunted by a ghost from this one, uh, antique shop and then they get sucked into the world of scooby-doo and then the ghost that's haunting the tvs in that show and then like uh you you just that episode's absolutely that's how we got roger rabbit isn't it that's how that happened (laughs) it's the only way that makes sense that's wild that's 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 dumb enough to get me to watch that show i'll tell you that that's oh yeah it's (laughs) that's the thing there's a lot of dumb stuff in there and as as a writer um as someone who like who writes uh not just for megavisions but also i write you know screenplays since i do movies and stuff and as as a screenwriter i can tell you there's a lot of Things, there's a lot of writing in the show that's either a little bit campy or uh, that's, you know, a little bit inconsistent. Um, like a lot of inconsistent character development. But you know what? You get over it because it's like, okay, we're in a world where every monster exists and you think Batman can defeat anyone with prep time. Sam and Dean, they could beat <laughs> Batman with prep time, okay? <laughs> like... I'm telling you, you don't overthink the show. It's it's some dumb it, it's some dumb dumb fun. Um and there are some emotional moments every now and then. There's there's a moment where actually they have a pretty big family reunion, people that, you know, that you thought that were dead, but they they got brought back. And I mean, that's a common trend in the show. No one stays dead in that show. Um but there are some emotional moments, but it's mostly it's a lot of dumb fun. But you you get to know Sam and Dean and and uh, you, the actors that play them they 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 really do a good job um, at you know making you really feel like you know them. You know you feel like you're not just their their brothers to each other, but you feel like you're their brother or, you know, or sister, but you feel like you're related to them, you know, when you're watching it, like you get, you get that vibe and it's, and I think that's where the writing does shine. So like, even when it has its like weaknesses and goofiness, it it shines because, you know, they're, the characters are just so likable. And I think that's the key. Um, oh, for so. sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely the key. If you if you have those uh, those you know core characters that are that compelling, it can kind of carry through <laughs> some of the the uh, wonkiness. Uh, but if you can yeah. keep it grounded through that, you know, I think that's you know that's how you uh, you know keep that going. So 
Uh, cool. Uh, but they're they're having like a spinoff show for this thing now, right? Like, what's going on with that? Mm, okay, yeah, you're right. They are, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm not thrilled with the direction they're going with it because it doesn't make it. it, it There's some spiciness going on between the, the 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 actors in real life too, right? I'm not as much. I, I thought there was uh, aware of the behind the yeah. Oh. I don't know as much about the behind the scenes stuff. What I do know is that the new show that they're trying to do, the Winchesters. I, I do see that Jared Padalecki's not involved in it, but Jensen Ackles is. Jensen he plays Dean, uh, Jared Sam. But the the premise of the show lost me, and I kind of gave up just reading the premise because it it's about. You know, John and Mary, which are Sam and Dean's parents, John and Mary, and uh, hunting together. Now, that's that doesn't make any sense even by supernatural standards because Mary was a hunter until she married John. And then it does get explained that she would do some hunts kind of behind his back like she would go out and hunt some monsters when he didn't like know she was. But he – John Winchester didn't know, you know – Nothing. He didn't know anything. He didn't know a, a thing about you know monsters or demons or any of that or anything supernatural until after Azazel killed Mary, and then he got into that and then raised Sam and Dean as hunters after the fact. So to do a show with them both young and they're hunting together completely breaks continuity, and the show already breaks continuity on its own. But it explains how it breaks the continuity, so you can kind of say, "Oh, okay, I guess I can go with that." But I, I, I mean, maybe I could give it a shot and see how are they explaining this? Is this one of the um, alternate realities that they introduced once they introduced the multiverse into the show? Is is it based off of that? Because if it's based off of the just main, just make her movie, just be like a, a hunter the whole time or something, right? At that point, right. Right, and it's like, well, she, yeah, and, and same thing with, with with the dad, John. He didn't start hunting until after after you know Mary dies. So I don't know. I, I the spinoff I lost me at that. It's gonna, yeah. Well, wow. I I I feel like that is probably a very um, sensitive topic in the um the the whole community there, the supernatural community. I have a better pitch for a spinoff anyway that that it would be difficult to do. You'd probably need some money for it, but it would because it would involve getting uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan back. Okay. Um, but I would I would there. do I would do a spinoff of showing John Winchester raising young Sam and Dina's children. There that's you how go. I wow, that's it. because that would be significantly more interesting because there's that whole gap. Like we know about we already know about john and mary winchester's backstories before sam and dean are born and we know about you know sam and dean as adults and but we we hear about you know so much we hear about their childhood we might see a glimpse of you know sam and dean as kids and there might you know like a a a scene here or there but we really don't get 
to see them growing up in this lifestyle of hunting monsters. We don't see them growing up in it. We just hear them talk about it or they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I remember when dad went took us on this hunt and then this happened, but we don't actually see that. And I think there's an opportunity there, but then you'd have to get Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan back because if they're going to go with older John Winchester, well, that's who played him. And now that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was on the walking dead and played Negan, he's worth a lot more money now that he he'd need to get paid more money now f- yep. to do this show than what he did back when they had him when supernatural began and he was kind of like a nobody at that point now now he's very well known you'd have to you'd have to give him a pretty penny but i think it'd be worth it because that's a show that supernatural fans would want to see because that's yeah. there's a lot of gaps that could get filled in there i agree but at the same time Considering how abusive he was and neglectful he was to Sam and Dean, I don't know that I could sit there without throwing something at my TV for every freaking episode. Because it was hard enough watching the flashbacks and the things that he neglected and the things that he blamed on them. And and just I don't know that I could handle that kind of toxic emotional formula. Maybe it would have just to be stick handled. to the good stuff. Maybe stick well, to the, like, the better stuff there. I'm but not sure I would there was be good stuff though. <laughs> I, I, as someone who who really has only seen him in his more recent stuff with like The Walking Dead, I think it would just be an interesting, you know, kind of juxtaposition of having the character you th- or or the the actor that everyone kind of sees as Negan now now raising two boys and having sons and, <laughs> and doing all that. You know, he's been this like super villain in the uh, you know the Walking Dead series for so long. I know he's 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 kind of turned a new leaf, I guess. Um, in more recent times with that series, but uh, but man, I hated him for the longest time. But oh, um, I digress. Uh, yeah, I, I remember was him say from and... Grey's Anatomy, so that's where I first ran into him. Was Grey's Anatomy and then oh, okay. P.S. I Love You, and so those were very soft um, looks at him. You know, in because God, I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy in like a decade at least, but. Uh, back when it was, you know, first starting, he was a cancer patient who died very suddenly, and it, there was a there was a huge emotional connection because he was on there for several episodes, and and the fans really got to connect to him, and then there was this love story with a uh, with a uh, Catherine Hagel's um, character as well, and 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 so there was you know this this big. Thing, that when he died, you lost a part of, of kind of this human aspect that was missing from, from Grey's Anatomy. And then P.S. I Love You, the same thing. He passed away and Hilary Swank had to deal with the, the loss of that. And so that's where I was introduced to him. So seeing him as their father on Supernatural and then as uh, Megan on, on The Walking Dead was a really hard switch for me because he went from being this you know, kind of rugged but soft and lovable person to someone very hard and very gritty and 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 angry all the time. And so it'd be kind of nice to see him switch back to that, I think, a little bit more personable, you know? He's had, he's had other roles and stuff between then where he's he's had kind of yeah. a, more, more more of those kind of roles. He's he's just such a charming charismatic guy. I got an under I got an underrated movie that you guys probably never heard of, um, but I think it's absolutely fantastic and it has Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. And he kind of has he plays a, a pretty well rounded character that you get to see a softer, you know, um, 
more um, wholesome side of him. But at the same time, you still get the more, you know, rough, rigid, aggressive side of him too. And it's called Heist. And it also has uh, Batista in it. And it's got um, Robert De Niro in it. And basically, he is a uh, used to work at this uh, casino and he and um, Batista's character, they end up robbing the place. And uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan, his whole character, though, he's robbing this casino because he's trying to pay for the medical bills for his daughter that's in the hospital. So you kind of see where he's doing like bad stuff, but at the same time you sympathize for him because then you see him like with his daughter. And, and so it's a, it's a really, really good movie. And Batista's great in it too. And Oh my God, does Batista play a, a real, a real mean person in that one. He is ruthless as all hell. I tell you right now. Yeah. Batista's I, I, love, great I, I, I love him in, in pretty much everything he does. Like he's, he's always just such a, a good character, you know, I mean, even when he's a yeah. bad guy, he's just good yeah. um, at, at oh, his yeah. roles that he does. He really puts himself in it. And I, I hope I saw, I'm sure you've seen the, his, his little clip he posted, uh, I forgot, uh, or, uh, uh, Gears of War, uh, mm. pitching him, putting himself out there. Cause they, uh, announced they're going to be doing, uh, a live action Gears of War series, I, I believe. So Ooh. that would be yeah. cool. I would be on board for Batista to get in that series. Yeah, I could see it. Um, but I want to bring things back a little bit now that, now that you brought up uh, some more gaming stuff. I want to get back in, uh, a little bit into some gaming. And I want to talk a little bit about Dead Space again. Yeah. I know we kind of touched on it earlier. <laughs> I've been <laughs> – I before I started my recent playthroughs, I only played like part of Dead Space 2 and then said, wait a minute, I can't – finish this because i need to play dead space one so then i kind of got sidetracked played a bunch of other games and now it's like oh well we got the dead space remake uh coming out in january and then even before that the callisto protocol which is uh glenn Schofield, who was the designer for the original dead space so you know what better time to jump into it than now so i uh jumped into the first dead space and I want to get Alicia. I want to get your take on it because you are obviously read through my retro review, and I don't know if it was just me, but obviously overall my thoughts on it, um, amazing. I mean, it's it's an all time classic in horror survival. Uh, so many cool things. Um, I especially love the lack of a heads up display and the way that they creatively found. Um, new mechanics to incorporate those elements like the ammo displays on the gun which they do that that in halo as well i know but um well the health bar on your back you know and then the stasis bar and then whenever uh someone needs to talk to you and there's like you know what what sometimes would have been a cut scene well this it just pops up on like a hologram and it's like projected from your suit it's a hologram and same thing for your inventory and the map i love all that stuff but i noticed around like i think it was between chapters eight and nine and i don't know if i'm the only one if if this is just me but it felt like in the first game 
it just got to a point where you barely had any ammo, but they would swarm you with like 10 to 15 enemies in every single room to where it almost wasn't like there wasn't as much of a buildup in between getting swarmed, but it would just be you'd clear one room, have like a little bit of ammo left, open up the next door, and then there's already like 10 necromorphs like just on you. And I don't know if that that was something that like got to me a little bit because then I was like, well, the bosses aren't that difficult. I'm not having a hard time with the bosses, but, uh, you know, I'm scared to open the door because not that I'm wondering if there's going to be 10, but I'm wondering if there's going to be, is it going to be 10 or is it going to be 12? So I, uh, part of this is part of the reason that I encourage you to watch the movies, um, especially downfall because downfall is how, how the Ishimara became what it is when you land there. It explains everything that happened to get there. And part of that ramp up that you see in Dead Space 1, you'll see in the other games as well uh, as you further progress through the games. It's going to get tougher. There's one in Dead Space 3 that you get stuck in this room with the regenerator and it's literally you just survive. There's no getting rid of him. You just survive because he will regenerate over and over and over again. Um, but anyway, a part of part of what you're seeing is because of what happened in Downfall. So you're going to have those rooms where there is an extreme concentration of those necromorphs. And part of that is because that's where the bodies were. So some areas, okay. there's only going to be a few bodies that were able to turn. Versus like the morgue where they had like 20 bodies and those all turned. And then anything that came into that room were taken over by the necromorphs as well. And so you have this massive amounts in some places because of how concentrated the dead bodies were that, that were turned into the necromorphs versus some of the hallways where there wasn't a whole lot. The, the, the crew was scattered. And I think that that's, that's part of the reason that like that I, I encourage anyone please watch the movies. They are there for a reason and they're not spoilers. They literally are part of the the timeline and it helps understand how things are happening in the games and why they're happening. And um, so I know that like in the second one, you have the nursery and there's a reason why all the the necromorphs look like babies. Um, (laughs) It's like, you know, that. And, and so all of that is, you know, everything happens in this game for a reason. And I think that's part of the reason that I love the franchise so much is that there's nothing that you're really sitting there going, well, that doesn't make sense. Um, everything is explained, how the markers connected with certain people. And so they changed into certain kinds of necromorphs versus the other ones. Um, and and so you're, you're going to find that. And I hope that they continue that in the remake. I really do. Um, there was a certain portion that I saw during the gameplay that I watched that is not in the original that is absolutely terrifying. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but that section I am looking forward to. And at the same time, trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to survive that particular portion of it. And, and I just, I think it's, it's a clever way that the developers amped up the panic because as Isaac, you have no idea what's going on. You were just sent this distress call, and you're supposed to go there and get these people, and you know that your your wife, fiance, anyway, your honey is on board, and you got to figure out a way to get her off of it. And and so, 
you know, you have no idea what's going on. You are flying into this completely blind. And so having that sense of what is behind this door, like you described, is, is perfect for this game because he doesn't know. So why should you, <laughs> you know, and yeah. if you were playing it as, you know, if you were in his shoes, you're just an engineer. You're not a military person. You don't have military background. And so the idea that you're being thrust into this world where everything is, is, has been secret and you're being exposed to all of these things all of a sudden, you're dealing with hallucinations, you're dealing with the absence of a crew that should be there, you're dealing with monsters that you have never seen, you have the marker that's playing, you know, it's messing with your mind, and if you go back into his story, you'll understand why that happens, then it makes sense that you would have that kind of, oh my god, what happens if I open this door? What am I going to see? What am I going to encounter? You know, and not be prepared for that because there's no way of, of knowing. So um, that's just, that's my take on it because I have played the whole, the whole series um, is that yeah. you're going you're gonna to encounter that and, and be prepared that when you play the other games, that will happen as well. There are going to be rooms where there's only a couple and there's going to be rooms where there's yeah. an entire storm. And you're gonna have to figure out how well, to yeah, deal with it. And, and right, you're, and yeah, you're right. And actually, I was gonna get me to uh, what I was my next point, which is that I'm on I'm on Dead Space Two right now, and you're definitely right on that. Um, that yeah, there's some areas where you know not much going on, and then there's other areas where yeah, you're you're swarmed. I will say this though, and I'm, and this might be a this might be a hot take, but I like Dead Space Two better than Dead Space One, and I think it's because it feels a bit more balanced, and and I, yeah. I don't know if if that's a if that's a controversial opinion or not, or if that's like an overall consensus within the Dead Space community, um, but. I think the Dead Space 2, it feels more balanced so that when I am in the, when I do get like swarmed and out of nowhere, a bunch of necromorphs come at me, I don't feel like, you know, I'm completely SOL. What, what I'm not prepared for this. Yeah, I'm gonna, by the time I fight my way out of that room, I might be looking at a little red bar. My heart is like about to pump out of my uh, chest and I have to now switch to uh, uh, my ripper, which is like, I, I'll carry four weapons with me and the rippers, like what I'll use at the very end. If I ran out of everything else at, uh, at the moment. Um, but you know, I, I, I made it in and I made it out alive and I feel satisfied, um, ready to kind of pause the game, get, catch my breath and move on. And I kind of, I, I feel like I got that more in, in, in dead space too, where it felt more balanced. I don't know. That's kind of my take on it so far, but I'm on chapter 10 right now. So I've returned to the issue Mora. Um, so I'm at the part of the game where you, where, um, you find out that, you know, EarthGov actually brought the, uh, Ishimura onto the sprawl and you mm-hmm. have to go through and you have to go through that, which, oh my God, is that cool? Especially seeing the way that they had like, you know, were tearing it up and like have all the, where they're going through cleaning it. And then the whole area that's just all like, uh, black light and all the uh-huh. bloods like, oh, like it's glowing <laughs> and it's like. 
it's like I'm seeing all these familiar areas that I just saw like a couple days ago playing the first game, but yet they it looks so new at the same time, and it's like completely awe-inspiring. I love that they put that in the game. I didn't know it, when I jumped into Dead Space 2 that I'd get to go back onto the Ishimura again, but I'm really glad that they found a way that they put that into the story and, and put that into the game because just seeing that again and but seeing the changes, it's so cool. Yeah. Well, Dead Space 2 was actually considered the most successful of, of the entire franchise. So, and, and part of what you're seeing too, is because it did come out for the PlayStation 2 or 3, sorry, the PlayStation 3 and mm-hmm. the Xbox 360. So it was up for the the new gen at that particular point in time yeah. and that's why you see a lot of the um, the smoothness, the way that everything, you know, moves and interacts. You have a lot mm-hmm. of that technology that had been increased during that time. So um yeah, I zero gravity is better phase too. 3, but I'm an outlier so <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've heard mixed things about about three. One thing that scares me, um, not that, and actually, it's uh, this whole idea that they tried to like focus too much on co-op, from what I hear, and that there's some bugs in single player mode that it'll make it, it'll like make you. Um, it, the game won't work as well if you don't have a co-op partner. I don't know how true that is. Um, it's drop in, drop out. For co-op so um you can you know if you have a friend that's playing it too they can drop in for certain parts of the missions and then come out part of what intrigued me the most which will still like the mortuary assistant and other games and uh the evil within is that you have a smart ai and it adapts to your playing style so Ooh, you will find I the necromorphs that. if you use a particular weapon continuously they'll figure that out and it won't work oh, no. quite as effectively anymore. And so you have to switch up oh. your playing style in order to continue moving through the game effectively. Um, oh, and I, I love that. Yes. And that's part of the reason I love yeah. it. I because I can't yeah. just ride the plasma cutter <laughs> the whole time like I normally do. Because I will I actually I save all my power nodes and so far the only things that I update or upgrade, I, I like because I like the way they have the skill tree in the game. I like the way you actually like the skill tree is really smart. I feel like in terms of being Mm -hmm. strategic with the power notes and I only ever upgrade um, my rig to get more health. And then as far as like, I I don't want to balance all my weapons. I want to like make one weapon super powerful. So I take the plasma cutter and I just keep following the lines to get to damage, follow the next line, get to damage. And in the process, I might upgrade the capacity and reload, but I'm not worried about that. I just want that plasma cutter to be so powerful. Just one shot will like, boom, (laughs) clear off their leg. And like, I don't care how strong the enemy is. I want one shot to just take their legs out. So that way they can just crawl at me because I don't want them running at me anymore. You can crawl (laughs) at me. So that's what I've been up to. I'm going to be going on a ghost hunt this weekend too, filming that. And I got some new microphones I'll be testing out for it. Hopefully I get some better audio this time. Um, maybe I'll catch some paranormal activity on the new microphones I got. Cause I know they got the EVP recorders that they use, um, oh, yeah. the, the people I work with, but chances are with the microphones I'm using, um, 
because I got the uh, DJI wireless mic, and those are pretty good microphones. Um, I could pick something up too and not even realize it. Apparently, I caught some more orbs on camera that I didn't even realize from the last investigation. I showed it to them, and they're like, yeah, there's a few more orbs over here. So uh, I re-edited the last one to show and highlight where those orbs are but because the last place was pretty charged. But that's – yeah, I'm oh, excited for that. The uh, the microphones and stuff. Are you are you getting those? Are you looking to like get uh, EVP type stuff? Um, I'm more focused on the production side of it. So there, um, the people I work with, Rogues Hollow Paranormal, they uh, they have the investigation side, and that's that's where they come in. So they have. Um, two EVPs uh, that they, they're recording audio on for the purpose of capturing paranormal evidence. And then the focus of the audio that I'm getting is capturing the people so that I can put together a good, uh, good video. Before, I was just using a, a shotgun mic attached to my camera. Um, but the audio from that is sometimes good, sometimes m- mediocre. It just, it depends when you have so many people and we'll have four people out and they're, uh, moving around that microphone shotgun mic is directional. So if, uh, someone over here is talking and I have the camera pointed here, well, the microphone there, it's only picking up something over here or, and since I'm a one, you know, uh, a one man crew, uh, for instance, if they say they're using the spirit box and I want to c- get a shot of the spirit box, but they're asking it questions. Well, I'm not really hearing them because the shotgun mic is pointed where the camera's pointed. So it'll be nice because I'll have, um, these wireless mics with some, uh, a couple lavaliers that I already have that fit with the, uh, with the transmitter. And then they can just wear that and then they'll be collecting audio. So no matter where I'm pointing, my camera no matter where they're at i'll be getting their audio and then all i have to be focused about with the camera is just the visual part of it because i'm getting the audio right right oh that's cool that's cool yeah Yeah. i'm interested in that kind of stuff too because i have a very uh (laughs) like a, a a low uh i guess like a lo fi style setup that i i use um at conventions and stuff. I, I basically use my phone, my Fold 3, um, but we have all sorts of different, uh, like uh, we have a couple shotgun mics and some uh, lav mics and some stick mics that yeah. we use. But um, yeah, when we went to PAX East, we did it all on my phone. Um, and when I go to E3, uh, that's what I plan on doing too. So um, I'm hoping for, for Christmas that my wife will come through. Uh, Road makes some really cool uh microphones and other things that are designed like to, yeah. to work with your phones and things like that so that's the kind of setup I, i'm going to keep it like a really just kind of simple setup like that um but i i'd like to definitely hear more about how that end of work, work works out for you yeah for sure and then uh, i know you're interested in the paranormal side too um oh, yeah. whenever on. i get it Whenever uh, I'll talk to I'll talk to them and see how they feel about like if they're going to be uploading that last video I shot to YouTube or if they uh, or if they would rather I put it up on my channel. But either way, um, 
I'll make sure to put that out there uh, on the Discord uh, so that way you can see that last investigation we were out on because we caught shadow figures on camera. We got orbs. Um, we had a few different EVP recordings, one of them even confirming the name of who we thought that the ghost was. So, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to – and that's all on that video? Yeah, it, it was all at, and it was all at that one place, and it was, it was, it was a pretty haunted location. Um, the big thing is the guy that we thought was haunting it, a guy by the name of George Young, and it's uh, because he's been historically documented to have practiced witchcraft. Um, so, because of that, it kind of, it, it wasn't hard to deduce who we believed was the spirit haunting the house. But at one point, Missy, she was, uh, she asked, you know, who, who am I speaking to? And the EVP picked up George. And it was like, yeah, we know we, we, we got evidence now that we know that's who it is. So I mean, that's who we thought it was. And then, yeah. That was that was probably one of the coolest pieces of evidence that we got that night. But the shadow figures were cool too, and we didn't even know that when we were out. We didn't know that till after the fact. We caught those on a stationary camera uh, that uh, Trevor reviewed like the day afterwards. How do you how can you tell the difference between when you're looking at a video, uh, a shadow figure versus just a shadow of someone just casting a shadow walking like in in the you know. So it in this for any other viewer it would be difficult and you'd have to take you'd have to take us at our word for it but how we know is because we know that we weren't in that area at the time we were in a different part of the house that's how we know because right, nobody okay. would have been in there in there to cast a shadow. You can and and part of it you can hear that we're talking in the distance, uh-huh. and I'd I'd almost have to draw out a map of the house, but where the camera would have been pointing would have been pointing towards the bathroom, um, past the past the staircase. You'd have had to like turn a right hang a right from the bathroom to get to the kitchen. And that's where we were hanging out at the time talking to uh, the homeowner. And we wouldn't have been able to cast a shadow to where the camera was picking it up. So that's how we know, but it's as as a, as a viewer, it's kind of the source would be, you know, trust me, bro, in a way, (laughs) (laughs) because you'd have to just take our word for it, that we weren't, that we weren't, you know, in the area to be casting a shadow ourselves, you know, but we were, but we were, we were in a different part of the house than uh, where the camera was pointed at. And the way that the shadow would come up on the wall and then go, and then it would come back up and then it would like almost did like a dance thing and went back down. And then like 30 did seconds you guys try later, to recreate it? well, we didn't, that's the thing. We didn't even know that we caught it oh, until the day right. after yeah, and we'd already know. left. Okay. And then the weird thing is, and then immediately following all the shadows, then you can hear a breath like, like real loud into the camera, which once again, if you weren't, you know, if you weren't there, you could say, oh, one of them just were breathing into the camera. But we were on another 
uh, part of the house and you can hear our voices off in the distance. And there's kind of like this like echo. So you can kind of tell that we're in a different room at that time. Cause we're kind of faint off in the distance, kind of echoey. And then you get this crisp, loud breathe, like breath, like, <sighs> so, Whoa. I mean, but that's still, it, it's one of those things where it, it's, it's so hard though, even when you have evidence to prove to, you know, a skeptic just watching it because it's also a lot of, a lot of shows do fake it and it is easy to fake. So it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's still hard to prove. Right. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to have like, like 360 cameras to prove that there's no one in every single room that's casting any right. sort of shadow at this one point in time. I mean, it can be done, but I imagine it, w- it would be not uh, a cheap, <laughs> cheap way to, no. to go about like doing all of that. All right, and welcome back to the show. Now we're going to get into our news of the week. So Sam, why don't you take it away? All right, so uh, we're going to look at our weekly releases. Um, I want to start off this time just by kind of getting some out of the way that are just not necessarily new games, but they're going to be new to certain platforms. Uh, So one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which we know uh, released earlier in the year. However, it's now going to be on PlayStation 5, as of November 15th, so from the day of our recording, that would be uh, tomorrow, but for whenever this gets up on November 15th, uh, yeah, you, uh, if you're on PlayStation 5, you can play uh, Shredder's Revenge, which we covered extensively uh, at Megavision, so I figured we had to bring it up, even though it already came out, uh, just that it's going to be on yet another platform. It's uh, it's already been on Switch, Xbox One, uh, PlayStation 4, and PC, so uh, now it's going to be on uh, Next Gen now. It's going to be on PS5, so that's going to be pretty sweet. It's like a That's good- awesome. Yeah, and, and and if you're not as familiar with it, uh, definitely read read up on it on Mega Visions. Like I said, we covered it a ton, but um, it's kind of a it's a it's a throwback to the old TMNT games uh, from the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. It's even got the original actors from the uh, '80s cartoon. Yeah. So it's really it's, a, a love letter to to all you know just the arcade games and uh, you know really all things TMNT you know from that era. Um, it just embodies all of it so well. Uh, that that game is actually going to be our cover story in this next issue of Megavision. So uh, we have uh, an interview uh, with the development team in there uh, to talk about making the game, and then also a review of uh, Shredder's Revenge. So um, maybe we'll include some some thoughts on the PS5 version in there as well. But no, I this is one of my favorite uh, favorite games uh, that released this year and. Uh, I'll say this. Well, I, it, it may be a little bit of a spoiler here, but I'll say that might be one of my stubs for game of the year. And, and they, anyway. it, it really is. It's a, it's a good throwback um, to that. So if you're a Turtles fan, definitely, uh, if you haven't checked it out, 
definitely check it out, especially if you have next gen, uh, if you have PS5. I don't know if it's ever going to make it to Xbox Series X or not. I haven't heard anything about that, uh, but if you got PS5, check it out. Also, um, Resident Evil 3 is hitting Nintendo Switch this week, so that's going to that's gonna be pretty cool. Resident Evil 2 hit the Switch last week, and now 3 is hitting, hitting Switch. Um, uh, so that's going to be exciting for Resident Evil fans. I know Resident Evil 3 didn't quite... Uh, get as well received by fans because I know there's a whole controversy of uh, cut content from the original to this one that kind of felt shorter. But in my opinion, I think I think it still holds up as a really really fun game, and it's definitely a must play for Resident Evil fans. So if you're one of those people that your your you know your dominant console um, is uh, Nintendo's brand, you're, you've been playing on the Switch. Um, and you felt left out from the uh, Resident Evil remakes, well, you know, now's your chance. If you haven't played 2 yet, you can uh, get into that. That one's really, really amazing. And 3 is going to be hitting, uh, hitting you this week as well. Now let's talk about some games that are brand new coming out this week. Uh, one that I know, Chris, you've been really excited about yes, is yeah. McPixel 3. And oh, that's man. out today. Yeah, so. Pixel Three. It's it is such <laughs> a, a a cool, interesting, fun game. It's just so crazy. It's it's basically uh, well. I, I interviewed the developer at PAX East, and that's where I kind of fell in love with it. Uh, just how wacky it is. But it's a series of mini games where uh, you're this character that's kind of a parody of McGruber, who's a parody of MacGyver. Is how it was explained to me. And he's uh, all these uh, situations he's put in are he has to kind of save the day, whether it's like he's uh, the a level starts and you're on a, a bird like a, a plane that's, you know, crashing and you have to do something within like 15 seconds to save it. Uh, but all the things that seem uh, to make sense are usually like the wrong things and will end up failing. And you'll see this like really uh, kind of funny um, animation of, of just death and destruction and, and mayhem that ends up happening most of the time with this game. Uh, but it's just so wacky. And uh, if you, if you get a chance to, to watch an interview, I, I definitely suggest you uh, do. I'll, maybe I'll put a link in uh, uh, the, the, um, the notes there for our interview because uh, sauce is such a, a eccentric person and I think that really comes through in this game. Uh, you get kind of just a sense of his personality um, in the game, and it's such a interesting, interesting release. It's only ten bucks too, so it's a it's a cheap release. I definitely, I, I'm definitely going to pick it up. I'm, I'm going to definitely buy it. So to add on to that too, um, in between like all those, there's uh, other there's a lot of times where it, like switches genres. So it'll sometimes you'll be in like, it'll be like a fighting game, sometimes racing, sometimes shooting, sometimes you'll be playing sports. So it's kind of like just a, it's a big, huge uh, uh, variety pack when it comes to uh, it's a bunch of games kind of packed into one and all bunch of wacky, goofy stuff that you're going to have a good laugh with. Is this one, uh, is this just on steam right now or is it uh, uh, also on consoles? 
right now. Xbox Series X and S and uh, also Nintendo Switch. So uh, it's going to be on uh, Xbox and, and Switch as well as PC. This is a perfect game for the Switch. I, I definitely like it'll be a, it'll be a perfect game. I can just imagine myself like because I like to play my Switch before bed, you know, sometimes. But sometimes I'm, I'm tired, so I only play for 15 or 20 minutes. This is, I'd imagine, a good game for that for me. Yeah. And another one, uh, speaking of just ridiculousness um, and off off the wall, um, is uh, Goat Simulator 3. <laughs> oh, Goat Simulator. Yeah. More of these? Why? Why do we need three of these games? Because oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Time. This is the second one. Goat Simulator. Goat Simulator Three is the second one. There is never, there is no, there's no Goat Simulator Two. It oh, was Goat I Simulator, see. and now we're on Goat Simulator Three. Yeah. You know what's funny? Because yeah, Pixels did the same thing. You know that? Yeah. That's is like that the whole so? thing there's with no Pixel Two. There's no Pixel. Oh my gosh! So they, they, yeah. Well, there you go. There's another. That, that's a trend right there. <laughs> that's got to be the first time ever in weekly releases where we get two of these, like uh, like threes that are really the twos. I can't imagine that happens very often. Yeah, it, it's it's number three, but it's really number two. But okay. yeah, no. And, and plus, they're both like you know really comedic titles. So this one, you're gonna have co-op. You and your friend, you and your friends can you know uh, uh, unleash your herd together in the sandbox, doing all kinds of you know things that goats do like you know summoning demons or just trampling people <laughs> on the street just the, the typical goat stuff um but what if you ever put- should do because i mean <laughs> at some point all of these games once they get uh, popular enough they reach some level of popularity and i don't know really where that baseline is but at some point they do and they start getting licensed characters and all these other things in there uh i i would love for maybe you know, when Goat Simulator 4 comes out, like maybe they can start introducing like licensed goats from movies. You get like Black Phillip oh, yeah. uh, from uh, The Witch and, you know, like how many oh, other, yeah. maybe the goats from Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, yes. you have them in there. <laughs> um, the Billy Goat Gruff, like how many other famous goats are there? But you could get them all in there. It'd be great. Isn't there oh, one yeah. in Babe? I, I don't know. I could swear <laughs> there's a goat in Babe as well. Yeah. You get LeBron James as a as the go or Tom no. Brady or whoever the no. goats are these days, no. whoever we recognize. Them. <laughs> <laughs> but have them look like a goat, like have the like Disney style or something. Okay, that wait, I can, yeah. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. That that would be that would be something. I mean, that well, at that point, at that point, you know, the floodgates are open. You can add right. just you can add anyone into it and just make them look like just like goatify them. Exactly. Like, that's that's, that's, that's really yeah. And, and the, once you get theirs, that's when the money starts rolling in. You know, that's that's what you yeah. get towards. You're always work working to that. Oh yeah, but. <laughs> I, hey, it shouldn't be long, but I, you, I know you said it might be Goat Simulator 4. I, the next one's probably going to be Goat Simulator 7. For all we know. Below 7. Go below 7. No, <laughs> if they really want to get confusing. If they really want to get confusing, the next one could be Goat Simulator 2. <laughs> oh, like Goat Simulator 3D, the movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
But this oh uh, Ghost Simulator 3, you could get that on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. So um, oh, it's unfortunate that it's not going to be on Switch. That would be a good one for Switch, I feel like. But The other one hey, is, is – the, the original one is on Switch? I don't know. Is it? Let me see. Hmm. I know it's been. It's, uh, it was an excellent Game Pass release because it's one of those that's just like this game is so silly looking. Let me just check it out for a second, and then you just get stuck in that just crazy fun gameplay. You know, it's just it's just so wacky. Yeah, it says yeah the original uh, Goat Simulator. It's on. Yeah, it is. It's on. Uh, it's on Switch. So maybe the it'll be coming. And it's just uh, maybe it'll be coming uh, at some point. Yeah. It could, it could, because I think that, like McPixel, uh, I think Goat Simulator would be a good one to have as well. But speaking of Switch, well, that was a segue I, I didn't even uh, try to do. Um, I shouldn't have said that. Cut that part out. That this you. was planned. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet are also uh, releasing this week as well. So, uh, if you've been following Pokemon, uh, it's a big week. So, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, it's going to be new Pokemon, some of your old favorites. Um, and they're kind of uh, – they're, they're making – they're building off the changes that they did in Pokemon Legends. Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. Ar- Arceus. Uh, I'm horrible at my pronunciation for that. But uh, – they're building off some of those changes and, and just kind of it's, they're evolving the franchise. It'll be really cool to see how Pokemon continues to grow. Cause I mean, I remember, uh, and I still play uh, Pokemon stadium on my Nintendo 64, you know, or the old game boy games. And it's just cool to see how much Pokemon continues to keep growing. And uh, Scarlet and Violet are that next evolution for that. And then, one more re- big release this week that I wanted to close off this segment on. Um, and Alicia might want to chime in a little bit too, uh, because I know she's uh, covering this and reviewing it. Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, their, uh, their next chapter is closing out this, uh, this season um, for their Dark Pictures. Uh, and that's The Devil and Me. And that game looks super super cool i love what supermassive does um and i'm i'm guilty and i'll say that i i haven't gotten around to playing as much of their titles lately um i did play until dawn and i i I love the way that they utilized you know the butterfly effect and um character choice and and everything everything that you do matters uh nothing there's nothing too small in that any choice you make is going to play an impact down the line and something that, you know, one wrong decision and you might not even know that this is going to be a decision that's going to get a character killed, but it'll get a character killed. So you have to be, you know, put some thought into every choice you make. And it, it has a lot of replayability for that reason. Um, but Alicia, I don't know if you want to go into anything more about uh, about the devil and me, and because uh, I know you're going to be covering this, I don't want to completely steal the spotlight on that one. But <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's... 
No, I'm super cool. excited for this. I really am. Uh, yeah, I'll be playing it this week on stream. Um, on Friday night, we're hoping to do a community night. Um, so people can come out and help me kill off characters or not. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually didn't get started with the dark or with supermassive games until little hope came out from the dark anthology. So I kind of had to backfill a bit. Um, I played, let's see, I always butcher it. It's the man from Messina, I think is how you say it. Uh, and then... I played uh, House of Ashes, which was the third one. So I started with Little Hope, and then I went one, and then three, and now we've got the fourth one coming out. Um, and I have the Quarry and Until Dawn. I actually have the whole library of Supermassive's games, but um, it's it's an incredibly clever way to uh, terrify you in some ways. Um, it it causes you to question like literally everything that you do like sam said um there's it, it may even just be a something that you pick up that could possibly cause a ripple effect later on down the line or something that you missed um i know during in the quarry there's certain parts that if you don't pick up certain things in that scene or you don't read certain things in that scene it can lead to consequences dire consequences later on down the line um as far as the quarry goes it has 134 endings to it so i don't know how many <laughs> uh the devil in me is gonna have uh obviously because the quarry is is considered its own standalone game whereas the the dark pictures anthology are more somehow connected and we still don't know what that is exactly uh, they are curated by a guy that's called the curator and he seems to have a sadistic sense of humor when it comes to what's happening in the games he says that he's only an observer he can't do anything but we as the player have the option to change events that happen so it makes me wonder are these already things that he's foreseen are these things that are already written and we're changing the past or changing the future. Um, there's a lot of questions in the way that they've woven these stories into, into this, this anthology. And, and like Sam said, it is the season finale, which means we will be getting more. And I know that they said that there's at least two other titles that are coming out within like the next year. So it's just, I'm, I'm super excited to see, and I love the idea that we're going through H.H. Holmes' Myrtle, Murder Castle. Um, that's not something I don't think that we've really ever got the chance to experience. Ooh, uh, that in, sounds in really interesting. Games. Yeah, oh, cool. it's a, it's a faithful cool. reproduction of it, supposedly. So, really? Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, got, that has so, me intrigued, because, uh, yeah, that that's a crazy story. Yeah, it is. Well, and there's some... There's some interesting controversy surrounding just H.H. Holmes himself in the past few years. There's been a lot of critics who have sat there and said that he didn't really kill that many people or uh, that it was just like it was tabloids, it was sensationalized and stuff like that. But all of these critics are nowadays, not back then. And so there's this kind of, for me as mm. someone who looks at history, if you weren't there living that history, how can you say that it wasn't necessarily true? If everyone is saying it's true during the time period that they were living and you're living now, 
why are you discrediting them since you didn't exist back then? So, you yeah, know, because they think they have, know better. Yeah, they think they know better and they think that they they have information that they don't have any information really on. It's it's them deciding, you know, that this isn't true because we feel that it's yellow, what they call it yellow headlines, yellow journalism. And so there's enough evidence to prove otherwise and this this will delve into a lot of that. And so I'm I'm very eager to see just how messy things are going to get. Uh, Supermassive has said that this does have the most gruesome deaths in the anthology series. And if you've played any of the others, boy, <laughs> some of those are pretty bad. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see what the carnage is, what the damage is. And uh, some of the things that they included this time that they hadn't included in any of the others was the ability to be able to uh, free roam a little bit more. So you can like climb on top of stuff or you can walk across planks. Before that used to be just a, uh, a quick time event, which of course adds to the, the panic and hype of the whole thing. But in this one, you're able to move more freely. And each character also has a special ability that's connected to something uh, that's related to their personality or their job in the in the um, in the crew. So, so that's going to be really interesting to see how all of those things affect the gameplay and the story as well. Yeah, no, that, that sounds that sounds really interesting. It's uh, that 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 might have me you know interested enough to jump into the series, but. You know, I, I find myself kind of being uh, uh, a wimp sometimes with, uh, like, gore these days, especially, like, in horror movies. I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan of gore like I, I used to be as a kid. Uh, so I don't know, like, if, if I would be, still be a wimp when it comes to video games. So maybe I'll have to try that out. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, let's turn our attention to uh, the next uh, piece of news here, though. Uh, so Sonic Frontiers has been released. It's finally out. Uh, what's crazy is that, uh, I don't think any of us here have actually played the game yet, uh, but a number of us uh, on staff have already played through it and, and completed it. I know TJ said that uh, he beat it in like two days or something crazy uh, <laughs> in the Discord. Uh, it was it didn't take him long to go through it. Um, but I know Alex is, uh, I think, finishing up the review on that still. Um but, uh, but yeah, so uh, currently I, I, I was looking at uh, just how the game is doing from, from on a, a, a Metacritic standpoint. And, uh, and right now it's doing pretty good, I think. Uh, the PS5 or the PlayStation version is a, has a 72. Uh, the Switch version is at a 73. And none of the Xbox versions actually have like a... Uh, 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 an average yet, uh, so it's it's still TBD. Um, but I think the X the Series X version will probably rate uh, maybe a little higher. Um, I would imagine, um, especially than the Switch version, uh, which is interesting to see it at seventy three. Uh, because also released, I think earlier today was Digital Foundry's uh, kind of. Uh, test their their kind of performance test that they do they're kind of famous for that now uh john linneman uh posted that up he does amazing work uh over there 
Um, but yeah, they, they went, they basically tested all nine versions of this game. And that's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, the Sonic team, they released nine versions kind of simultaneously there. Uh, I, I think it was all simultaneously, at least, um, of this game. Um, what's uh, interesting, uh, you know, coming, uh, you know, through his uh, testing here is that uh, only three I guess only three versions actually have 60 frames per second. And I think that's the, mm-hmm. uh, the PS five, the series X. And they're saying that the Xbox one X also does, but I was watching the video and I guess the series S also supports it, but it's not, you have to do a workaround is what they're saying to get it working um, on the, uh, the series S. But from what he's saying in the video, um, the, the 60 frames per second uh, option is like the best way to go. Um, And if you're going to play this game at all, you want, you want to play it in that one because um, it's just such a a much better experience overall. Um, There's, there's better reflections and, and image quality also. Um, on some of the higher tier uh, uh, consoles, the PS5 and the Series X. I think probably one of the, the, the things that stood out most to me in the video is when they finally took a look at the Switch version. Uh, and that was the one I was really kind of debating about. Like, I was thinking, should I get it uh, on Xbox? Because I have a Series S. Uh, I don't have the uh, Series X yet um and and alicia i know that you don't have a series x either i was listening to the the podcast last week i I, i've heard you as we were all (laughs) blabbering you said that you just have the series x controller right i do have an s now though (laughs) oh okay well welcome welcome to the next gen club there Uh, yeah it feels good (laughs) But it still feels kind of weird. Like we're just kind of own, kind of there. Like we're dipping our toes, <laughs> you know. Because uh, I still see, like, you know, especially and 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 this is a you know a good point, uh, you know, for that because basically what it comes down to is the the PS5 and the Series X are the best versions to get. Though they're basically um, are on pretty even playing fields, and when you uh, when you play them, you want to basically play it on performance mode with the 60 frames per second option turned on, uh, and that's the route to go. Now, the, the Switch version just does not do very well at all. In dock mode, it's at 720p, and then in handheld mode, you're running at about basically 480p resolution. And there's just crazy like pop-in in this, and this is present in all versions of this game it's a it's a problem there uh and if you see it in in motion you can just watch you know gameplay on on youtube and you can see how how bad it is but it's very very bad in the switch version and kind of the um the distance i guess to where the pop-in seems to start uh in the view is much closer on the switch version than it is in the uh you know the series x and in the PS5 versions where it can kind of uh, push those further out, I guess. Uh, and it's just very noticeable. The, 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 the overworld, especially when you see Sonic, uh, you know, traversing those large expanses, 
that really this game, you know, is, uh, you know, prides itself on, I guess. Uh, it just really looks bad there. So I think right now, unless, you know, they can do something to, to, to patch this game up and, and fix some of the issues that are present on the Switch version, I would probably just stay away from that one altogether uh, based on, uh, you know, Digital Foundry's uh, video. And I, I would say either, yeah, shoot for the the, the, the PS5 you know, or the uh, the Series S. And I think even the PS4 Pro had some, um, some good uh, performance, but um, it did say that the PS4, the PS4 Pro and the base Xbox One only offer the 30 frames per second option. And you can't get... 60 frames per second, unfortunately. So now that kind of poo-poos all of that for me. Like I know the PS4 is completely out, out of the door. So I think at this point it's just Series S is the one I'm going to get it on. But then that sucks too because I want the physical version. I can't get that. So here we are. The the problem of this weird, you know, uh, I guess a generation of gaming that we're in. We're both physical and digital and all three or four tiers of systems that we're toying around with at the same time. It's kind of a weird thing, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to play this game eventually you guys, <laughs> uh, we, we do need to play it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are you guys, uh, does this make you want to play it more or less knowing, knowing this new information? Well, all I can say is I'm watching I'm watching uh, Switch gameplay right now, and yeah, that pop in, uh, it's very jarring. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you, like uh, you're. I'm watching him run, and then boom, parts of the environment show up. Boom, another another thing shows up. Boom, another thing shows up, and it's it's really uh, it it it. it it, it sucks you out of it. I feel like just, um, just kind of watching that. Um, but I mean, overall, I mean, it looks, it looks good. If you can get past, if you can get past that, like, um, kind of, uh, you know, performance visuals, like looking, like just getting past the seeing things, just show up out of nowhere and pop in. I feel like you could, you could get past it and look at it. Um, and the gameplay itself looks good. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of preference. Can you get past that or not? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I just still don't know what Sonic team is doing with this series though. Gosh, it's just, it seems like there's real, no direction, uh, you know, with what they're doing. I don't know. I just, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but it seems, hmm. we'll see. Uh, I'm interested. I am interested in playing it. Uh, it, it, it seems if, if anything, it's like, if, if this is, this might be the most interesting Sonic team developed, you know, Sonic game I'm, I'm that they've released in some time. So it has piqued my interest and, and I definitely want to play it, but, um, I just have tempered expectations, you know, because Sonic team is, is, uh, disappointed me one too many times so i I have tempered expectations going in but anyway let's turn our attention to uh to some more recent news 
Uh, the Video Game Awards have announced yes. their Game of the Year nominees. Uh, and, wow, there is uh, a lot of different categories. But um, the big one right <laughs> off the top, we should just jump into this. And then maybe we could talk about some of the uh, some of the other subcategories there uh, that, uh, that maybe are worth mentioning. Uh, but let's talk about those Game of the Years. Uh, and we'll just jump right from the top. Here, uh, the first one we have is a Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, we have Elden Ring surprisingly made the list. Um, there, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have uh, God of War Ragnarok, yeah. um, which we probably expected that one. Uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West is another one. Another Definitely Sony first expected. party there. Uh, Stray made the list. I'll say uh, that's interesting. Uh, and then uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 also uh, made the list there. So six games, game of the year. And what are your guys, when you when you first saw that, what was your reaction reading that? Yay! that oh. there? <laughs> yeah, tell me, yay. Okay, why? Uh, I So I, I played Stray for us. Um, I got the chance to review it and stream it, and it it was already in my definitely Game of the Year award um, pick from almost the get-go. It's, that game, like, breaks the genre. Um, the ideas that it presents, the way that you play as a cat is so fluid and so realistic that there are there there's an entire Twitter account that is dedicated to cats watching Stray, and it is <laughs> their reactions to their humans playing Stray. I can say from experience, my cat Ranger, he did not talk to me for two weeks. Whatever the cat said, because there's a dedicated meow button, whatever that cat said pissed him off so bad that he did not talk to me for two weeks. Um, it, it just, the story itself was, Oh, I, I can't, I haven't gone back to play it because it hurts. Um, the ending is so bittersweet that I, I cried when I was playing it and I was playing it on stream and I had to like mute my mic and stuff because it got to the point where it was like, this is, it, it takes a realistic view of what, where we could end up. And it was, it's extremely difficult. It's very emotional. It's beautifully done. The music, the way that the art direction went. I mean, I am not, I am not surprised. This, uh, Anna Perina is the interactive studios are the ones who produced it, um, published it. And they have a gold mine on their hands. Um, this is not the only game from them that's, that's nominated by the way. Um, which there's, it's further down, but they, they knew what they were doing when they grabbed this game. And honestly, if it had come out by a AAA studio, no one would be surprised that this game is in, is, is nominated for, for game of the year. I think it's only because it is an indie title and we don't get to see that very often that people are surprised. But if you look down the list, it's nominated in a number of categories. This is not a one-off. So, I mean, it is definitely my pick, and it's been my pick for months now. I am, I am excited to see 
I really hope that it, it gets a chance to shine like it like it deserves. So it's a triple A title with a indie studio. So fair enough. No, that, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Sam, what, what what about you? Yeah. What, what were your thoughts? <clears throat> uh, my thoughts? Yeah, I have to agree with Alicia with uh, Stray. I've seen some gameplay of it i haven't had the chance to play it myself but the idea in itself had really uh interested me and i heard um you know just how emotional the story gets as well and um and and also the fact that it is a you know an indie developer behind it it's really impressive and and i I hope they take it. I hope they do. I think it's going to come down between Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. Um, realistically, what that, my prediction, it's going to be between those two. Um, as for which one it is, I, I think it could be a coin flip. I know a spe- those are definitely the two. Those are the two biggest ones. I think Stray is the, um, kind of the underdog or undercat, if you will. And compared to those two, but I think it's the one that deserves it the most. Um, but I, that, that's my that's my take on it. Is I would go with Stray, but I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to end up being one of the two between Elden Ring and God of War. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And you know, it's uh, what's kind of crazy because it, you know they say a lot of times it's uh, you're at a disadvantage if if you release your game earlier in the year than than you do for, you know, games that are released later because those games are kind of still in your, you know, that, that kind of public conscious, uh, there. Um, but you know what? I think in this case, it might actually work in the Elden Ring's advantage because it's just had time to kind of build that lore and, and just that, that community and fan base, um, around it, you know, and, and seeing all these like crazy, uh, like uh, runs that people make where they, you know, take no damage and, and they're wearing like ridiculous like armor and just other things. And it just, it's, it's had such crazy legs about it, you know, and it stayed uh, in discussion and it stayed relevant throughout the whole year. It, it hasn't seemed to kind of like just really die off. Like, you know, some of these other games have, I mean, no one's really talking about horizon, you know, forbidden West anymore. Um, you know, I don't know. I you know but yeah, no, no, and, and I'm not saying like um, I'm not, yeah, and, and that's not not to take anything away from from those games. But a lot of times, that's just the way it works. You know, with the the industry, with all these big releases coming out. You know, like you you play a game for a few weeks to a, a few you know month or so, and then you know the next big game <laughs> comes on. Um, but with Elden Ring, it's just it seemingly. Uh, you know, just stayed out there. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, between those, you know, two games. Cause I, I agree, uh, Sam, I would, I would say, you know, it'd probably be between Elden Ring and, and God of War, but I wouldn't, you know, I would say like, I was, I was surprised at first to see Stray make the list, but you know what, man, Alicia, you, 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 <laughs> you may have swayed me a little bit. I, I now can see, you know, maybe, being my, I was just trying to make a joke there, but I was going to say the dark horse and try to make a cat joke there, but I couldn't figure <laughs> one out there, so I'll just leave it at that. I uh, won't try to make that connection, but uh, 
but no, maybe, you know, maybe that could be that kind of Cinderella story and, uh, you know, see that uh, indie team win game of the year there. Imagine that, you know, that would be pretty crazy, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. it would, because it's, it would be the second indie game title ever to win in the, in the inception of the award. So the award's only been around since like 2015. Um, so it's, it's relatively new to the, to the VGAs. So, um, so yeah, well, or the, sorry, video game awards. Yeah. I said that backwards anyway. Um, so yeah, it'll VGA. be, I said it right. Didn't I? Okay. Yeah, um, you did. <laughs> so so I think that, and the thing is, is that like last year, the one that got snubbed horribly for me was also an Anna, an AI production, and it was the Artful Escape, which again, amazing art direction, gorgeous music, a uh, fantastic story. It's a walking sim that I, I plan on actually getting a tattoo based on one of the characters um, that's in that game, which I will. I've never wanted a game tattoo until I played that game, and. So I, I honestly think the AI's got something going for them, and that if Stray is not their their golden goose, look out next year or the year after because they're also the ones who are doing um, Silent Hill Ascension. So if this if this doesn't doesn't come into to their favor, I think that in the next few years we're going to see them grab a Game of the Year award. So which I'm excited for. They're an awesome studio, and they they deserve a lot for the hard work that they and their developers do. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what though? Um, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, Cause I mentioned it closer to the top of the show, but you know, uh, you know, TMNT Shredder's Revenge didn't get any nominations on, on this. It looks like at all. And that's a real bummer uh, there. Uh, you know, I was thinking like it should be put in best indie, but I don't know if, if tribute now is too big to be considered an indie. I mean, they've they've published other games before. I don't know, but it's a bummer. I, I remember playing that and thinking, "Oh man, this could be game of the year," but it just didn't have enough to it. It was more of you know kind of this arcade experience. But it's just it's just crazy that that game couldn't find a spot for it somewhere to get a nomination but is there any other uh any other snubs maybe that you guys uh think that could have uh been in the mix here i'm gonna say gotham it's knights. hard <laughs> mm. where's gotham knights um yeah that, there's no nominations there are there again uh and that was at least for best like art direction or best uh, we really I would have like thought an art direction yeah. would have had something. Yeah. I could see that for sure. Um, which, yeah, I mean, we could say our best art direction, the, the ones that did get nominated were Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray, which that's a pretty tough company right there. I mean, Scorn is, is that's mm-hmm. that game's oozing, <laughs> like... Art, uh, in more ways than one, in a gross way. I I did the layout uh, uh, for uh, for our review uh, this week, and man, I I was I was telling you guys before we were recording it. God, this this game looks so good, and I think this that might be the best layout in the magazine so far. It looks so cool, like that. uh, Man, it it it's a joy. I don't know if you call it a joy to play, but it's just it's quite a weird experience playing that game and 
it's uncomfortable. You know, it's just everything's oozy and just fleshy and ugh, it's just gross. But it, it is a cool game to, to look at, though, for sure. I think when it comes to sound, I'm happy to see that Metal Hellsinger is on best score yes. in music. Because if it wasn't, if it wasn't, I'd have been, I would have been mad. It need it better. It, it, it better win. I mean, I mean, you look at who they got in the in the game. Like I, you could listen to that soundtrack, and it, I mean, obviously, you know, the rhythm gameplay is cool as hell. But like, you could just listen to the soundtrack and and just have a good time. Oh yeah. Heck Man, yeah, I, gotta, I, love I, gotta, that I still game. need to jump into that. I have not played that yet, but uh, God, I need I need to give it a shot. Well, and they're releasing their mods here soon for uh, so that you can upload music into it and then play the game based on that track. So that Ooh, is going to be some serious. I'm sorry, it's so kick ass. It just is. It's like <laughs> I love with that what they've done with that game and the fact that they've opened it up to the community and said, yes, bring your music and we will, you know, you can adjust it to our game and you can play your song in our game. That is just next level. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and then uh, uh, I guess another one we can talk about real quick is best indie uh, because we do like to talk about the indies here. Uh, the nominations are Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Tunic gets a nomination. Yay! I, I love me some Tunic. That game is that game is awesome. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, Alicia, we know your pick already there, so we don't need to ask you that. <laughs> um, Actually, it's a toss-up because I I have Neon White as well, okay. and I've been part of that since it was in beta. And that game is incredible. Uh, it, oh my god, it's so much fun! It's just it's it's an insane level of like parkour and I and just like yeah, I don't have the right words for it. Honestly, the game is crazy. Um, and part of the thing that I love about it is that the characters that you're playing they have dedicated storylines and birthdays. Like, we celebrated Neon Red's birthday a while back because it was her day. And it's just, like, the community loves this game. So I am so excited to see that. And, again, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's also an Anna game as well. It is. It's an Anna game as well. So that and Stray, and then we have a Memoir Blue up in, uh, where was that? I think it's uh, Game for Impact. Impact is also another one of Anna's um, titles as well. So, yeah, like I said, they're doing something. But, I mean, if Stray takes Game of the Year, I'm happy with Neon White taking Best Indie. Um, so, Cult of the Lamb is too. has <laughs> got my vote there. Uh, it's just, it's too adorable. It, <laughs> That's a little fair. Fox. Yeah, it's too cute, but... Um, Awesome. Anything? Anything else? Uh, you know what? We we need to sh- we need to do a uh, kind of like a live live reaction show to this. Uh, I think that would be kind of fun during the VGAs. I do uh, want to give a shout out to Immortality. It's on here a couple of times, and if you've not checked yeah. out that game, it's nuts. Um, it's it a about? live action story 
that is that spans several years, several decades. Um, it's produced by Sam Barlow, who created her story, and it's this interactive mystery that you dig through this this murdered actress. You dig through her everything, her life, to try to figure out what happened to her. And it's also produced, um, has been published by Netflix as well. So this, I believe, is it's Half Mermaid and Netflix that are doing it. And so I think this is the first time we have a major streaming um, entertainment company nominated for a video game award as well. So that's an interesting thing oh. to to see where that's going to end up going. Um, if you like that kind of thing, pick up this game, because seriously, it's it's twisted. Um, the idea of it doing it live action, that, that um, I forgot what the genre is for that, but uh, the fact that you're watching her live and breathe and then and then disappear is, it's it has an impact that's really Do we still call those... FMV games? Is yes, that, yes, is there that, we go. That's what we call yeah, okay. them. So, I didn't know if that's yeah. still, uh, still a thing. I know they Almost used to be back in my day. Back in my day. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's on uh, Game Pass right now, too. So you can play it for free oh, okay. if you have Game Pass. Oh, neat. So. I may check that out then. Yeah, because I definitely want to... Uh, I, 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 it's, it's almost like, you know, before the big, uh, before the big movie awards, you want to go and watch, you know, some of the, uh, the big nominees and stuff. So I'm going to have to go and try to play as much of these as I can to just to try to get a better idea. to some of these, uh, nominations out there, but I do, I do think it would be fun for us to do some sort of reaction show, uh, to that. We'll see if we can do a live one. If not, we'll just do it in the next, uh, uh, episode of the podcast, but that would be fun. Um, and with that, let's wrap up that news segment there. And now, before we close out the show, we'll just uh, do What's Up at Megavisions, where we'll just uh, go around and kind of talk about what we got going on in, in our various uh, channels uh, there. Um, I will say I want to give an, an update on the magazine, uh, Issue 3. Over the weekend, I was able to knock out quite a bit of uh, layouts. I'm, I'm excited about them. And I, I think each of these layouts keep getting better and better. I know that uh, I tend to be my own worst critic, but I will say that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at this. But um, this weekend, I was able to finish our Vengeful Guardian Moonrider preview, uh, which I ended up writing that one. And that game is really cool. I don't know if you guys have, have had a chance to check that out. It's on Steam, and there's a free demo for it. So go and check it out. It's basically... Um, like a futuristic Shinobi 3, but it, it plays very much like a 16-bit kind of uh, you know action platformer, uh, and it is really awesome. Just really cool art design and, and uh, just nice pixel graphics and, and good sound. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but the demo is really short, just two, two quick levels, so you don't have to put too much time in there. Um, I was also able to finish our Scorn review, which we just talked about. Um, I that that review layout looks awesome, and I, I will say I didn't have to do a lot. I feel like just the uh, the art itself just looks so good. Um, I'm so excited to see what that looks like uh, printed on on our our paper. There, it's going to look so good. Um, I was also able to, to knock out a bunch of retro reviews. Um, so 
everyone knows that we still do retro reviews in, in Megavisions. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, uh, the TMNT Mutants in Manhattan because this issue is kind of our, our TMNT-themed issue. We got you know tons of uh, Turtles you know content throughout, but we wanted to put a uh, retro review in there, and, and Mutants in Manhattan is a good one there. So I finished that one up. We also have a... Uh, a review of Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, uh, which this is one Marson has been wanting to do forever. And he is such a big Mortal Kombat fan. I wish he was here to talk about it. But this one is a weird one in the series. Are y'all familiar with this one at all? Little bit, little bit. Let me let me double check and make sure I'm thinking of the right one. <laughs> this was, was like a one? weird side. It's, it, it was kind of like, you know, their first... Was for it for yeah, it was on PlayStation and Nintendo sixty four, but the yeah, PlayStation exactly one had like one. some. The PlayStation one had like full motion video, and it's just kind of really bad, uh, and it's it's almost comically bad. It is comically bad. I'll just say it. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 kind of fun there. Um, it's a, it's a neat bit of history within uh, the Mortal Kombat uh, you know series there. Uh, but it's something that doesn't get talked a whole lot about. But uh, so yeah, we put that one in there, and um, a game that is really cool. Uh, we have a retro review of Legend of Dragoon, and the art in that one looks so good. There is so much good uh, character art available for it that we were able to use. It's it's gonna. I, I think that that layout looks really good too. So yeah, I was able to make a lot of progress. Uh, my goal still is to have this uh, this issue done. Uh, by early December, and at the rate I'm going, I think I'm going to be able to get it done before then. But I don't want to. I don't want to make any promises at all. I'm not trying to put that out there. I think this rate I'm going, I'm doing. Uh, I'm, it's it's sustainable, and I'm I'm getting there. But man, I think once this issue's done, it's it's going to be easily our best looking issue yet. I'm so excited to to get it in people's hands. So so yeah. That's where I'm at with the uh, issue, issue three. So I think after we get the Sonic Frontiers review done, which basically at this point we just need the 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 copy on that one, um, that will complete. Let me see. I'm looking. Uh, where is our? Oh yeah, my flat plans right here. Yeah, that will complete our modern reviews and retro reviews. Uh, and then I'm starting on. Oh, I, then I have all the previews done. And then I, I'm starting on our features and interviews. And then what that's done, I'll basically have uh, just a couple smaller, smaller pieces to go. So, yeah. Wow. It's, it feels like it's coming together finally. I, I have this uh, folder that I keep of all of the, the, uh, the layouts as I finish them. And it's really, it feels good seeing that completely, uh, like, starting to fill up. Because for a while there, there weren't that many of them. But as each of these go, it's um, it kind of visually shows me like, hey, this issue's coming together. So, yeah, I'm excited. Excited for this issue to be done. Do we have any reviews jumping out this week, Alicia? I don't know if... Um... We got a few. Uh, this week's kind of slow. So, Sonic Frontiers will be out. Uh, first impressions will be up on the website tonight. So, everyone can read that. Uh, the Double Me comes out Friday... So I will have the review for that. We have Cactus Ogre Reborn that's going up tomorrow. 
which the the stuff that I've already glanced over the review, uh, the screenshots and stuff look really cool. So I'm interested to see how that that game came out. It's got a really cool art style to it. So, and then uh, we have a few minis. We've torn away from last week's play. That was a really cool game. Uh, it was a bit odd, I guess is the best way to put it, because it switches perspectives, even though you're playing the same character. At times you're doing kind of a walking sim third person. At other times you're playing a first person puzzler. So that was, it was an interesting switch back and forth between that, uh, between that, but that was just a demo, and I think that it's going to be interesting once it comes out. And then, uh, Honey, I joined a cult and Gunfire <laughs> <Whoops>. Reborn. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm actually playing Honey, I Joined a, a Cult tomorrow night. And I'm actually okay. looking forward to this because it is... Uh, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, it's a sim <laughs> simulator... And I have no idea what to expect just yet on it, but I'm looking forward to uh, to experiencing whatever the craziness is that we get to do. I think it has kind of a, a Cult of the Lamb sort of feel to it. Um, so so that'll be fun. And then Gunfire Reborn uh, was played last week on stream, and uh, we will have the mini review up for that this week as well. So And that just kind of leads us into the, the showcase, right? that we're yeah. doing. I so, one, uh, more, one more oh. thing real quick, because there's one more review, uh, and that's going to be my retro review on Dead Space 2. That's going to be out this oh, week. Okay. It's going to be up this week. So yeah, if we, we released the we released the Kraken last week, uh, a couple of days ago, for, yep. his, for, the, for the first game. So we need to... Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what you what you think of the second one. So, yeah, I teased it a little bit earlier that I I am having a lot more fun. There's some things in the there's a couple things in the second one I think are huge improvements on the first one. Uh, a little bit of the first one that I like a little bit better, but I'll let I'll let y'all uh, read that for yourselves later this week looking forward to that one so we'd love to get you on stream too sometime have you play some of these um games that you're reviewing so because you've i have to get myself ones. set up for a stream but yeah yeah no, that i if i can get everything all set up to be able to play and stream at the same time get all that going i'd i could jump on one night that'd be really really cool then y'all so. could then y'all could uh, see me rage for real. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's, what it, that's all it would be. <laughs> the whole stream would just be you, you'd 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 have to make a checklist of every every curse word, every curse word that uh you know ever was invented. I'll I'll have to say uh, I'll say it at least once. <laughs> I get, I, get, I I'm a, I I am. I might sound like a really, really calm person, but I'll tell you what, I that's the kind of gamer I am. I am a rager. <laughs> well, uh, you'll be in good company. So there have been times that I've yeah. <laughs> I've got off the rails more than once when I've been playing. Uh, Metal Hellsinger, that was definitely one of them that like it was like if you don't like, you know, language, you might want to mute me now. So <laughs> that's why we're marked m- mature, right? 
so we can say things. That's right. That's right. So So, so we're in our third week for our indie showcase. And I believe this week, uh, I think everything's indie just about. So uh, TJ Kutsune is playing Succubus with Guns. And my fingers are crossed that, okay, that does not mean that we get kicked off of Twitch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Crossed his fingers. Oh, yeah, my fingers are so crossed. Um, uh, He's playing that actually right now as we speak. So, uh, (laughs) And we just got banned. We got banned, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think as far as I can tell, because Twitch is terrible about what we can and cannot play on there, as long as there are no naked boobies, you're fine. There can be bouncy boobies. Uh There can be boobies covered by bikinis. Um, but as long as there's no naked ones, I think we're okay. So, um, so we'll see <laughs> how that's going to work out. I don't that's know if I trust TJ. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I know what he plays on his personal channel. And so that's why this one was a bit, uh, less of what he would play. So I was okay with it. Um, right. But okay. yeah. Funny. So and then we'll TJ on night. blast here. Sorry, TJ. <laughs> right. Sorry, TJ. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's all good. Um, we know that he's got lewd streams. That's that's right. you know I'm the I'm the scream queen. He's the lewd king. There we go. So <laughs> and then Alex does like the cutesy things like tunic. <laughs> it's like We're, we got to add that tag on TJ's uh, profile on Discord now. The lewd king. The Lukey, there we go. Well, I mean, you know, he, he called me the Scream Queen, so it's only right that I get to name him. Yep. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so. and then awesome. let's see, I've got uh, Honey, I Joined the Cult tomorrow night. And then, um, oh, uh, Drail has Zero Severance, I think is how you pronounce it. It is a true indie game. Um, it's coming from Cabo Studio and Modern Wolf. And it will release tomorrow, actually. So he will be playing it Thursday night. It releases tomorrow. It's a top-down extraction shooter that challenges you to scavenge a procedurally generated wasteland. So that'll be interesting. It is in early access, or will be in early access as of tomorrow. Yep, that's what it looks like. So that'll be interesting. That'll be a first look for us. Um, we will have, you know, live coverage of that. That's really cool. Cool. So, yeah, that's neat. and then like uh, finish out the week with the devil in me. And I think that's it for us. <laughs> so lots of fun stuff this week. I bet you'd never say that sentence. What? Finish out the week with the devil inside me. Like the just, devil it in seems me. like yeah, the devil in me. Like it just seems like just like oh, I'm just gonna get like uh, possessed by the devil by you know by the end of the week. Hey, like, just it just seems it's so matter of factly. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like oh yeah, I just uh, and then on Friday I gotta get possessed by the devil. So I gotta get possessed by the devil. No, no, yeah. you're missing the order. Tomorrow, tomorrow you join a call, <laughs> honey. I join a call. At the end right. of the week, the devil in me. <laughs> That's what happens. That's that's how it works. That's funny. I did yeah. not realize when I said I was going to do that, that that was how it was going to end up. But, you know, somebody check on me on Saturday just to make sure that I'm still me and my head's not spinning around. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, man. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to check on you there. So, great. Yeah. Um, and 
be sure just to you know follow us uh, on social media. Uh, we're on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We got a lot of interesting ideas uh, for TikTok and Instagram, uh, you know, coming in the uh, the weeks ahead. So I'm very excited about that. We got uh, a lot of uh, new ideas for how we can kind of share our content out, and so it's going to be really fun, uh, you know, seeing what we do there. So so be sure to follow us on those platforms and. And yeah, I just want to uh, be sure to remind everyone to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash megavisions, where you can subscribe for a physical or digital edition of the magazine. And remember, we do publish quarterly, and issue three is going to be shipping in early December, and we have much more to come in this issue that I will be sharing in the next couple episodes of the podcast uh, as I finish it all out, so... Um, I don't think we've publicly announced our full list yet, but if you keep following and listening to the podcast, you'll pretty much hear everything we got before we kind of announce that full release. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully, uh, you guys like these, uh, these updates, uh, you know, for the magazine, but, uh, we like to hear from you. If you like them, let us know. Um, but yeah, that's going to close out the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, hope you all have a good week. Take it easy.